0: guys welcome back to another episode of checked out i am alexa and i'm jennifer and we are back with another random selection for you of things that we have read and listened to and And watched and enjoyed
1: i feel like we have a lot to talk about
0: i think so too yeah we don't really have a theme this time i feel like last time we both kind of accidentally read the exact same genre I don't think we did that this time. No. I think we've got a pretty pretty eclectic selection
1: for yeah, you. Yeah, so we have a little some graphic novels, we have some fiction, mm-hmm. we have some, you know, a couple J books. Yeah, there's some non in here. Yeah, uh, some nonfiction. yeah. Mm-hmm. So a little bit of everything. I do think we should probably start off with that it, it's summer mm-hmm. and that we have, um, summer reading has started. And then we hope that you have your green bag. Yes. Because it's, everything about summer reading is in the green bag.
0: Correct. It so, looks a little bit different this year. Totally if you if you don't know what we're talking about with the green bag, that's okay. That yep. that had the craft supplies in it, but you can still participate in summer reading. Yes. Um, we, we,
1: we got booklets. We have booklets.
0: Sure. You will need to provide your, your own craft supplies at this point because we did, unfortunately, run out of the green bag. Yes. But... We still have the booklet. You can still participate in summer reading and you can still get your yard sign yes. to decorate and then bring back to us for our art show in July at each of the branches.
1: Yep, that will be awesome. Mm-hmm. So just wanted to throw that out. Yes, it absolutely. Is summer, we are talking summer now. <laughs>
0: summer reading looks different, but it is still happening. Yes.
1: <laughs> you uh, should still be reading. People were confused about the green bag.
0: Yes. It's like,
1: oh, is this the summer? And we're like, yes.
0: That is so, summer reading. <laughs> yes,
1: yeah, so if you have a green bag at home and you're wondering, that's the summer.
0: Yes, exactly. <laughs> So let's just jump into it. Yeah,
1: let's. So uh, let's. Uh, what do you what do I want to kick off with? So
0: I want to start with a very summary book that I read and loved. I read it in like a day because I loved it so much. It was *People oh, wow. We Meet on Vacation* by Emily Henry. So she wrote *Betrayed*, which was which is good, equally delightful. People We Meet on Vacation is her newest book. It is an homage to when Harry met Sally. So it is about a woman named Poppy who every summer goes on vacation with her best friend from college named Alex. Oh. And so they, they met on a on a, a carpool back to their hometown when they were in college. So oh, that's that Harry met Sally, they, they carpooled. The New York, they carpooled back from college to their hometown together. Um and then they became friends and so every summer they go on a summer vacation together. How sweet. It is written in, like, just during summer. So it's like they've been on these summer vacations for 12 years together, and then two years ago something happened on one.
1: Ooh.
0: And they haven't talked since. Oh, no. And so Poppy gets it in her mind that she's going to, she was like, I'm going to talk to him. We're going to go on another summer vacation together, and I'm going to figure this out, and we're going to be friends again. So it's about Poppy trying to get Alex back in her life. Oh, okay. And then it's it kind of is interspersed with all of their past summer vacations in with this current one that they're doing. Oh,
1: that's sweet. It's so
0: good. <laughs> it's so good. Emily Henry is absolutely like one of my new like instant buy authors. Like I loved, I loved it so much and I loved Bee that after I finished this one, I bought both because oh, wow. I just wanted to give her my money.
1: <laughs> that says a lot.
0: That's how much I loved it. I was just like, I love them so much. They're just really fun. Really charming. I think that her writing is just great.
1: Oh, wow. Well, I'm going to go the (laughs) complete, like, other spectrum (laughs) of, uh, I read, I don't know if you read it, Mexican Gothic. I've heard of it. I keep meaning to read it, but I haven't yet. It's really good. It's by Silvia uh, Morano Garcia. Mm -hmm. I liked it because it's, of course, it's Gothic. It's very edgy. It's stylish. It has like your homage to uh, Harry and Sally. This is kind of like, if you read classic gothic from like Dracula, Jane Eyre, Rebecca, there's a little snippets of that kind of feel in the book. And so I highly recommend it. It's, you know, and I read it pretty quickly, you know, not not one day, but, but it's definitely a good sort of, uh, it was something different for me to read. I hadn't read Like a gothic story in a while. And I think after our romantic sort of talk.
0: (laughs) You're ready to go the other direction. I was
1: like, I was interested in gothic, but I thought this, although there is like a relationship in it, it's not really necessary about that. It's about a family Mm -hmm. and some odd doings, kind of like you would find in like (laughs) Rebecca or Jane Eyre, the haunted house, you know, the house and the weirdness that happens in the house and who knows what, and there's the secret. It has all that in there. So, highly recommended. Great. I feel um, like that would be... I think it would make a good... I really seriously believe it would make a really cool series. Mm. Like on Netflix or something. Like how they
0: did Haunting of Hill House. Yeah, That's what I, I was about to say. I was just like, yeah. I feel like that would be like a
1: really good like, anthology series. Because, it, you know, it's. Uh, I should note that this story takes place in the 50s. Oh, okay. So, it has that kind of cool mid-century kind of vibe to it, which I love. And so, again, that kind of made it... Almost like, oh, this is perfect for me to read.
0: (laughs) I think that almost, I feel like so many gothic and like horror and thriller titles like need to be set in the past at this point just out of sheer necessity because cell phones just ruin everything in the internet. Oh, yeah. Just like, well, just like fix it. Fix your problem. (laughs)
1: Yeah, just With the technology, up. yeah. Yeah, just Google
0: it. But if you stick someone in the 50s, then they're stuck. They have to just yeah, tough it out.
1: They got to figure that out. They got to <laughs> use a rotary. They got to use a phone book. Right.
0: <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah, no, I think, I. yeah. I feel like that's just a very smart way for authors to oh, yeah,
1: escape, definitely. escape and technology. And I think it's cool that it's not, you know, <clears throat> this isn't taken some, it's not taking place in some, like, Scottish moor mm. or anything like that, you know. So it's... it's It's definitely an interesting, and I really enjoyed it.
0: Thanks. I'll have to put that. I finally need to move that up. You should read it. I really should. I I was talking to Lynn the other day, and literally, I have, like, a stack of books to read. Oh, gosh. And I ended up, I reread a Tessa Dare book the other day.
1: I'm just
0: She's like, I'm, but you have all these. I know. I haven't even finished the the Anthropocene Reviewed yet. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to read this Tessa Dare again. Just I'm just like, gonna... I've read it before, and I'm just going to do it again right now. Yeah. i find
1: <laughs> myself do that sometimes. I know. Sometimes you just need a
0: comfort read. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, so yeah, speaking of Anthropocene Reviewed, um, I do have John Green's newest book. Ooh. It is a big departure for him. Mm-hmm. Since, I mean, generally speaking, pretty much exclusively written YA up until now. That's true. Fault in Our Stars, Looking for Alaska, all that good stuff. This is based on his podcast of the same name, The Anthropocene Reviewed, in which John Green rates different facets of the human-centered life on a five-star scale. I just think that that's that's like the description verbatim. As he says it in the episodes, it just makes me laugh every single
1: time. Oh my god, it cracks
0: me up. (laughs) It's so funny. And something about his delivery of... Like at the very, he writes these essays about just like, just ridic, Like he rates the penguins of Madagascar. He rates like a the Kauai oo, which is an extinct bird from Hawaii. Like he rates everything. And at the end, he's just like, I give the penguins of Madagascar four stars or whatever. And it's just, like <laughs> he's so serious every single time. It never fails to make me laugh. Is there laugh.
1: a criteria for his rating? Is he's just
0: rating stuff on a five star scale. And he he mentions that a little bit in in the book version of his essays where. He had he had kind of like he wrote his very first review of Diet Doctor Pepper. He said like years decades ago, and he would occasionally yeah. write these reviews of things. And he would write them as like an impartial reviewer. Yeah. And whenever he sent that one to his wife Sarah, she was just like, "I think that." you're always going to have bias like this is yeah. your review of diet dr pepper so it should be your rating of it like it's
1: your yeah
0: it you are the one doing the reviewing and obviously you would give diet dr pepper like five stars because you'd love it so right. i just, like i don't think that you should try and do these reviews as an impartial observer so they're very much John Green's biased reviews of things oh, i love it and he they're just they're just very unexpectedly touching he he reviews the Indianapolis, uh, 500, the race that cause he's from, he lives in Indianapolis, not from there, he's from Florida, but it's just like he goes into how he bikes there every year with his friends and he, he somehow he makes you feel very emotionally attached to a car race. And I don't know how he does it, but
1: he's, he's a good writer.
0: he's just great. He's so earnest yeah. and he just like, so obviously cares about everything, <laughs> which I really appreciate. Um, he talks a lot about, um, the, the COVID-19 pandemic mm-hmm. because he was doing the podcast during it. Oh. It just came out um, last month. so oh. he, he reviews different viruses <laughs> and things occasionally. It's just very good. If you If you enjoy John Green's writing, I think you would, you would enjoy this, podcast. even though it is not. yeah, you would love the podcast. He's, he's an excellent. Reader, Like, I think that he does a great job reading his own essays aloud. For sure, I th- the the one that he does on Tetris, I think, is really, really good. Okay, check this out. I would, I would highly recommend the podcast and the book. I think the podcast, I would recommend actually a little bit more than the book, just because okay. I think it's very fun to listen to him read them. But he does actually have an audiobook of the book as well.
1: Oh, so you maybe can, I'll
0: do that. I was like, you can just get the audiobook version of this if you don't want to listen to the podcast in episode form. Many different ways to to ingest I love <laughs> this
1: it. content. I find myself listening to <clears throat> a podcast, which is really terrible mm. at times because I'm like, you know, <clears throat> I'm like missing part of my brain that should be reading stuff. Yeah. Uh, well, I will say it's... And I have Audible and I have like five credits I haven't used. And I'm like, I better do that. You can get Anthropocene reviewed. So maybe I'll do that. Yeah.
0: they The essays have been slightly edited from, from their forms in the original podcast. So... You could you could listen and compare to different see how they change. There are a few brand new ones for this, I and mean, he does actually have some Easter egg reviews throughout the book. Oh, cute! Um, so he reviews autographs at the beginning because every single copy of this book is autographed. You cannot purchase a copy of this book that is not autographed. So heads up if you don't want an autographed book, too too bad, too bad you're getting one. Um, he reviews the font. That is used in the book. <laughs> that's on the copyright page. So, would recommend getting the book. It's very Just fun. For fun. Yeah, it's super cute. It's very charming. John Green's great. Uh, I, I give the Anthropocene Reviewed five stars. <laughs> it's very good. I
1: love it. <laughs> so, since you did sort of a nonfiction, yeah, uh, I'll I'll do my nonfiction, which is Anthony Bourdain, chef, uh, TV host, extraordinaire, travel. Just a cool human being that passed away in 2018. Actually, yesterday would have been the anniversary of his death, June 8th. So before his death, he was working on a book with a woman uh, named Laurie Woollever, who is also someone who works on a show. And she's probably been like working. She probably worked for him for like 10 years. Mm. But anyway, his the book came out. I actually I pre-ordered it and actually forgot that I had ordered it because I ordered it probably not long after his death. And just... Oh, wow. It's
0: been available for reader for that long. Wow. Well, it was
1: not finished. Oh, okay. Uh, it was not done. He was cur- he was working on it and she finished it. Okay. Uh, but I believe she had his notes and all that kind of stuff. And um, some of this, I think he had already written. I think as he would go places, he would sort of keep a notebook and was writing things down. And I believe this is the compilation of all those things. Okay. Uh, it's called World Travel. Um, and I, I just, I, I love it. It's a beautiful book. It has just, I mean, it's a travel guide. Mm. It's, it's, you know, where to go. There's like a whole article on each like Japan, uh, Cuba, you know, wherever, but it's in his wit. It's in his sort of snarky sort of way. And it also is, For a person who is not going to just stick to the main places, he's going to take you to places that you probably would not see on a travel guide, you know, like where they'd say, oh, go to this market, he'd he'd take you to the real market Mm. in whatever place that you're talking about. I really enjoy it. I was, I was have to say that I was a huge, huge fan of Anthony Bernan and was very, very sad when he passed, uh, when he passed away and still. Think of him often, and really excited to watch the autobiography or the documentary they're doing about him that's mm-hmm. coming out soon called Roadrunner. And so I'm excited about that. So he's yeah. just
0: a wonderful writer. He really, he's a really is. Good writer. He's he was so talented at just so many different things. It um, really was for a while there. Um, when his daughter was young, he would he would write reviews of children's programs. I don't know if you've ever yes. read them. Ah, uh, yes. They're so funny. And he actually the only one that he ever liked was Yo Gabba Gabba. Yes. And he guest starred on it. I have remember you, that. Have you Have you seen him on yes. Yo Gabba? He's yes. so charming, just delightful. <laughs> I.
1: They're just. There was something so. I don't know. Just had this intelligence and this wanting to know and wanting to understand and wanting to be honest. I feel like he tried to be really honest with people when mm. when he taught. He's one of those people who
0: like you could tell that no matter where in the world he was at, where he went, mm-hmm. like he could always find like common ground with the people that yes. he was with. He was which, so good I, at that.
1: Which I think made him a really great person to discuss Travel mm-hmm. or going places. Now I don't want to say travel because it sounds like oh, like just book a trip. I think it was more. It was more than that. Mm-hmm. I think he really looked at the historic, the conflicts, the uh, what made a place the place it is, and what's great about it, and what's not so great about certain places, and what is happening. Well, at that time, currently, and what was happening in different places, and and looking at it not from like an, I don't want to say like the American point of view of like like oh well we're better and you know like America has this kind of attitude. I think he looked at it way differently than that. I think he looked at it as like oh I want to understand and see your point of view even though we might not agree. And I think that was really great about him. So if you get a chance, the library does have this book it's I believe it's on order under our people on hold for it right now but I don't believe the library's got their copy yet. Like I said I pre-ordered mine and I got mine like last month. Mm -hmm.
0: So. And then he's got a pretty extensive back catalog, too.
1: Yes. Um, Kitchen yes.
0: Confidential is Which the is classic. Great. Anthony Bourdain is his yes. first book, and it's delightful. So, yeah, there's yes. lots to read
1: yes. and, and enjoy. Yes, and he wrote, he wrote <laughs> mysteries. He wrote, I think he even wrote a graphic novel. It was about a Japanese chef or something right. like that. I think you're right, yeah. The library does own several... If we um, don't have
0: it, then you course, cookbook can always request it. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, if it went missing at any point, just let us know, and we can we can get a new copy.
1: That's true. We are good at that. Yes. Yeah, it's good. I really enjoy it.
0: So, so I read one short little. I, I don't remember the exact quote that was pulled and is on the front, but it's like it's like a. Sh- Short mean little book or something like oh. that, and I was just like, I'm sold from that quote. That's a, <laughs> that's like a really interesting blurb. I've never heard anything called like a mean book. What's um, mean about it? It's, it's kind of hard to describe. It was kind of though. It's called um, The Empress of Salt and Fortune by Nivo. Oh, and like it's a very short book. It's it's very much a novella, and the structure of it was really really interesting. It read almost like a fable. Um so it's it's a fantasy and the the protagonist is non-binary which I thought was really cool. I feel like there's oh yeah. I don't feel like I read too many anything with non-binary main no. characters. So so the protagonist is It's been a while since I read it, so I don't remember the exact terminology of it. They basically collect stories. They document things, the history of the world that they are living in. Um, And they have a little parrot, a talking bird that goes around with them, who's like their little sidekick, which I thought was really endearing. Um, And so they meet this woman named Rabbit on their travels, who used to be a handmaiden for the Empress. And Rabbit lets them stay with them for a while and starts telling them stories of her time with the Empress so that the the protagonist can then catalog those stories and right. remember them and learn them. Um and after every story that she tells of this Empress that she served, she says, Do you understand? And like she's trying to like get at a like get oh, at the get at okay. the moral of the story. Right. Like, the heart here, of this thing here, it, here is this story. I'm gonna just tell it to you how it happened. Do you understand? Like, do you understand what I'm trying to tell you? And it's it was just a really beautiful, it was a beautiful, mean little book. <laughs> and it was really, really interesting. It was the first in a series. I don't believe that they're completely related, but I, I think that the way I haven't read the second one yet, but I, I'm going to because I enjoyed that one so much. I think that the idea is that you're following this protagonist throughout this this oh, world. That
1: sounds fascinating. Yeah,
0: it was it was really good, and it was I really wanted just like something quick, a little yes. bite size something to read, um, and it was perfect. That. It was it was just a great mean little book. <laughs> <laughs> you you kind of have to read it to understand why it's mean, I guess. Um, yeah, it was I'm like. It was very interesting. Yeah, okay. I, I I haven't read anything like it. Um, oh. It was yeah, it was I right. it was great. I, and I, I believe that the author Nivo, I think that she has an another a novel that was just released this month as well. Okay. Um. So she's she's like actively writing now, and I think that she has her first full length novel that was just released as well. That's really cool. Um, yeah, she was great. I lo- I thought the writing was excellent.
1: I also started. I have like literally. I mean, when I mean just started, <laughs> I mean like I just got it yesterday. Was it Jenny Lawson's new book? If anyone is a fan of... uh, The blog-ess. It's called Broken, The Best Possible Way. I have been following her blog probably probably really probably right after she started it. What's the name
0: of the giant chicken? The giant chicken statue. I just remember so vividly reading that. I feel like that was like the blog entry that like really... Grabbed made yes, her. Oh my gosh, I remember I, that. I remember it so clear. I don't remember the name of the giant chicken though, which is like distressing That's to me that I can't I mean, remember. I can't
1: either. <laughs> Such a I, famous
0: blog entry. <laughs> but yeah, I
1: just
0: um just Google blog S and Giant Chicken and Yes. <laughs> I you know,
1: I can't believe I don't remember. It I know. I remember that story. Yeah. Um but yeah, I really enjoy her. like I said, i I followed her blog probably from the beginning. And I've read I've read the books that she has put out, and I enjoyed every minute because she, she's funny, but she's also very touching at times, and I mean, her life is a mess, um, but also, <laughs>
0: yes. What's, I pulled up a picture of the chicken, Beyonce. Beyonce. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's Beyonce. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. I, no. just, I just had to look it up. <laughs> I don't know why I didn't remember
1: it was called that. I don't know. That's pretty funny. <laughs> anyway just like i said i don't i haven't read it yet like
0: I, i'm sure it's very funny but i'm
1: sure it's funny yeah and i love this illustration oh my god <laughs> it's really i just i don't know she's a hoot and if yeah. you know i mean if you if you've read her other books. i was gonna say she has I'm two, sure two other
0: books that are yeah, um, equally funny yeah
1: she's she's very very funny person and if you're you know if you're someone who likes to read blogs definitely if you haven't read her blog you should check out her blog because it's hilarious. Does she still actively blog? Do you yeah. know? Oh, okay. I wasn't
0: sure. I, I haven't. It's yeah. been a long time since I like went around and like read blog entries. I, yeah, but.
1: because she just posted something. She's on a book tour right now. Oh, nice. And um, she's talking about what's going on with the book tour. So that's the last blog I read. Okay. But yeah, so she's still doing it. And she's active. Uh, she Like if you a Facebook page, she has like a, and she'll like post, she posts a lot of stuff on there too. If, if you know, interested in being a friend on Facebook (laughs) 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 um yeah she does like she has I wanted to do it but it was kind of at the time it just had too much going on but she has like her own sort of book club Mm. and um but you had to pay like you had to pay to get into it Mm -hmm. I think and I, and I believe you had paid to get it because I think she sent you the books. Oh, wow. I think. But I could be wrong on that. Interesting. But there was like a fee, but I don't remember what the fee was for. Mm. And I almost did it, but it was like, you know, I'm like, Man, I have, I've got too much going on. I don't <laughs> have time to like join this
0: book club. I feel club. like usually a book club is like just like the hammer in the... It's just like, okay, you're not going to read this book now. If you, like, have to read it for a deadline or something.
1: I'm just like, oh, well, no. for one, it's like how, I mean, I guess how, I guess we're meeting, like, electronically. Yeah. You know, Zoom or whatever. I don't know. And I just, no. I just really wasn't interested in doing that. That's fair. But anyway, she has, I mean, she has a book on I think she still does. I don't know. I could be wrong. <laughs> have you read anything kid-like?
0: i have Ooh, i have how how convenient that you ask um yeah so my I, my kid reads for this this last i read some teen graphic novels oh yeah um, me too. yes um so i read we love that exclusively graphic novels by kelly thompson oh she's a wonderful writer yes. um she has got currently a reboot series of sabrina the teenage witch Going, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, And it's delightful. Her her writing of Sabrina is super fun. Harvey's cute in it. It's great. Really good imagining of Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Um, that's literally the name of the first volume of the graphic novel by Kelly Thompson, and it's super fun. No, I haven't read these. No, I've read the other one.
1: I can't... The one that was... The, the dark one, one? The really
0: dark one. Okay, yeah. This one is a little dark, but not that dark. Okay, that's where I want It's... To yeah, it's definitely like like there are monsters and stuff like that, and like but the, it's not. It is definitely not Aguirre Dark. He he it's not like Afterlife of Archie Dark. Like it, that Aguirre is the guy who did Riverdale yes, and Afterlife our, with Archie and yes. the Dark Sabrina that is on Netflix. Yeah. This is like fun Sabrina. Oh, oh. Like there's still like witchcraft and monsters to be fought and stuff, but it's what it's like Buffy. It's like oh, yeah, It's not that. it's not that dark. So I very love. very doable. It's not yeah.
1: I liked I tried, <clears throat> I I read some of the Dark Sabrina and Mm -hmm. some of the Dark Riverdale although I like the kind of like more upbeat Riverdale yes Um,
0: I'm a huge Archie Comics nerd I love Archie Comics too love Archie Comics love Josie and the Pussycats love love it all
1: that's me too it's great yeah
0: I have always... Ar- Afterlife with Archie was too much for me. <laughs> I but couldn't do racism. it. I read the first volume and I was like, nope, this is not for me. Um, yeah, so I, did, I didn't... I couldn't get
1: into that. Yeah. I like the more lighthearted, any of that.
0: You like, would like Kelly Thompson's Sabrina.
1: So I'm definitely going to try that. Yeah,
0: it's, it was very fun. Um, and she also, after I read that, I was like, what else has Kelly Thompson written? Because I really enjoyed this. And she has written gambit and rogue graphic novels of the x-men hooray for me my favorite couple from x-men and this author that i really enjoy (laughs) happens to have written stories about them so i was like well great and so she has three volumes of different gambit and rogue stories so i checked all of them out and just devoured them they were each delightful um she has rogue and gambit ring of fire which is the first in the series and then she began another series after that called Mr. and Mrs. X, and there are two volumes of that out. One is Love and Marriage, and the second is called Gambit and Rogue Forever. Oh. So so that first one, it's Gambit and Rogue except a Mission where they have to go undercover at a couple's retreat. And they're currently not together, but they have to pretend to be in a That's relationship hilarious. at a couple's retreat. It was so fun, really great. And then um, after that volume, they end up getting married. And so it's about Gambit and Rogue and their marriage. And in the first one, they go on a honeymoon into space. Oh, wow. And then it gets disrupted by Deadpool. It's very fun. It's, oh
1: my gosh, I love it. Yeah, they're
0: extremely cute. Really, really fun. Um, yeah, they, they're all delightful. Kelly Thompson can just exclusively write Sabrina and X Men, as far as I'm concerned, That's for the amazing. rest of her career because she does a great job at it. You're like keep at it. She's great. Really good work, <laughs> Kelly Thompson. I love how you portray Gambit and Rogue and also Sabrina. <laughs> I don't That's... know why she does those three, but they're great. It is weird
1: though.
0: Yeah, they're. I mean, I was like, these are all things that I love.
1: Great news for me. Maybe she's like you. Or, you know, maybe she's more like, you know, reads the same things we do. I was like, I can't. I know I'm not the only
0: person in the world who also just really loves Gambit and Rogue and their whole dynamic. I I think that probably a lot of children of the 90s love Gambit and Rogue and their dynamic. Yeah, no, you do that. It's probably true. Um, But, yeah, no, she does does a great job. They're they're just delightful. Cool.
1: Well, I read, or I'm currently reading... This was Our Pact, and it's by Ryan Andrews. Illustrations in the book are absolutely beautiful. It's very blue, I mean, the blues and all the shades of blue that you can have in a story or in the illustration. It's absolutely gorgeous, but it's about a group of friends who have a pact and how the pact gets broken and how there's one kid who isn't part of the group, who the group doesn't really want around. But eventually sort of makes his way into the story and becomes someone where the other people don't really break the you know, there's like the pact is really important to the story and um I don't want to say too much about it. But it's a a great story, it's a boy it's about boys. <laughs> so if you have, you know, boys and you need something to read, it's got a great it's got a bear in it, you know. So. <laughs>
0: And the bear is anthropomorphic. I was, yes. He's wearing a suit. He's I flipped through suit. the book. <laughs> as soon as I saw the bear in the
1: suit, I was like, I must read this. <laughs> I don't know because I love bears. Yeah. The artwork uh, really is beautiful. It's gorgeous. Yeah. So I don't want to say too much about it because I actually just started, but I'm really enjoying it and uh,
0: it's good. All right. And now little kid stuff. Yeah. Um, my two, almost three-year-old currently... His number one book obsession at the moment is called The Oboe Goes Boom 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 by Colleen AF Venable and it's illustrated by Liancho. I wanted specifically shout out Liancho because the illustrations are beautiful. They're very watercolory and just very dynamic and funny. But the the premise of The Oboe Goes Boom 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 is that the band director is welcoming the child reading the book to the band and trying to figure out what instrument the child wants to play because there's an instrument for everyone. So he's, it's basically he's just going through and telling you all about the history of each instrument. So you learn a lot of fun facts about different instruments and how old they are. And the the saxophone was invented in like 1846 by Adolphe Sax, who grew up <laughs> playing uh, the clarinet and the flute both. And so he was like, let's put them together. I know a lot of facts about instruments. <laughs> Trom-
1: you have learned a lot from this book. <laughs> Beethoven
0: was the first person to use a trombone in one of his orchestral comp- compositions. I didn't know that you learn a lot reading oh, children's literature. That's true. Um, and so as the band director is uh, going through and describing each of the instruments, he is continually interrupted by Colleen, who is, or she's called Felicity in the book, I believe it's one of her middle names, who keeps interrupting them playing a drum very loudly. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, she, we'll get to the drums later, Felicity. Please stop.
1: <laughs> Let me talk. There there comes the boom, 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 boom.
0: That is the boom, boom, boom that continually interrupts. So it's very fun to read aloud. My, my kiddo loves loves saying boom, boom, boom boom with us whenever we get to those portions. Um, And I also love um, each child in the orchestra who is demonstrating the instruments is a very famous uh, person who played that particular instrument. So it's like these cute little kiddo caricatures of famous musicians. And then at the end, they have biographies for each of them. Wow,
1: that's really cool. It is. I mean, that's a lot to... So pick up it in a fun way. I think that
0: it would be a good picture book for a lot of different ages. Because, yeah, like I said, my my three-year-old really likes us to read it to him. But, like, there's tons of facts and very funny illustrations. And so, yeah, I think it would be good for a lot of different ages. It's it's just an all-around cute little book. I love it. I just picked it up at random because he requested a book about instruments. And so I was just checking our catalog You're
1: like, for, I was just
0: like I'm sure that we have something so I was just checking the catalog for different books about instruments so I was like that looks cute and boy is it a favorite <laughs> he really really likes it so do you think
1: he'll play I mean do you think this <clears throat> will continue that you think he'll play an instrument
0: my family is very much a marching band family okay. <laughs> my my mother played the flute and the mellophone I played the mellophone and the trumpet my brother played the trombone and my sister played the trombone so you will be playing an instrument it is more or less mandatory <laughs> <laughs> I mean obviously <laughs> Like I'm not gonna force the. I will. Yeah. I will strongly suggest that he join the marching band. <laughs>
1: I think it's gonna
0: happen. We, we. Yeah. He's the way it's going so far.
1: He he'll he'll march he, himself there. He
0: loves an instrument. Oh man, does he ever love just pretending to play? One of his favorite games is doing uh, when the ants go marching in. Oh. Um, but we all have to march and also pretend to play an instrument. Oh. While man. we do the ants go marching in, and then have an instrument solo doing during the game. <laughs> so.
1: Your if house. we keep this
0: up, we're in we're in a good place. Oh, you're having
1: a <laughs> fun at your house.
0: <laughs> Thank goodness there are no cameras. <laughs> oh, that would
1: be cute though. It's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot of ants. See you all day.
0: Yeah, them. it's a lot of <laughs> ant marching.
1: I love it. I love it. I discovered this really adorable picture book by Marcy Coll- uh, Colleen, and it's illustrated by uh, Allison Oliver. And it's called The Bear's Garden. It's a beautiful picture book about a young, a little girl that tried to take care of a garden in the urban city of... Uh, so basically, you realize this is in uh, Brooklyn. And um, it's based, be- beautifully illustrated, almost like, it would always remind, make you think of like, construction papers, sort of like, mm-hmm. um, lots of boxes and squares. And but it's a beautiful story. And it's basically, it's based on a true story of a garden that was, I think it's been around since, it was 1985. Now, I don't know if it's still there. But it was called the Pacific Street Brooklyn Bears Community Garden was founded in uh, 85. And it was basically named after a teddy bear that got left in this field. And the garden just became like, this bear became somehow... People would look at the bear and think the bear needs needed something, and the bear. This whole garden was formed and named after the bear, and so it's the true story of you know sort of a loose true story of the uh, of the bear garden, which is it's just a beautiful book.
0: It really is, yeah. The the artwork in it is just and stunning. It's Such a
1: great story, and you know so anyway, so you should check it out. It's the a bears, cute little summer book. Yeah, the bear's garden. Mm-hmm. It's great. I love it.
0: All right, do we want to talk podcast real quick? Yes, of course we do. We're we
1: podcast people. I was
0: gonna say I'm gonna start because I feel like mine's darker. Okay. <laughs> Let's end on a happier note than what mine is.
1: Okay.
0: Um, so I've been listening to uh, the line. Yes. By Dan Taberski. Um, love. Yes, Dan Taberski is great. If you may have heard of Missing Richard Simmons, I feel like that's probably his most well-known that's probably, one.
1: That's the very first one he did. Yeah, it um, went pretty
0: viral whenever it happened.
1: Yes, because he really was trying to find Richard
0: Simmons. He legitimately was just concerned about Richard Simmons. Yeah, it's it's a it's a pretty fun one. I know that there was some controversy about it. Richard yeah. Simmons doesn't necessarily want to be found. Um, so no, it's
1: obviously he's just like Mm-mm.
0: he's not into it, and that's fine. Um, but yeah, it's a it's a great podcast for what it is. It's it's a fun listen. Dan Taberski has a. Great Great um, narration style. He's a great writer, and so he's funny. he is really funny. Yeah. yeah, and he also has another podcast called Running from Cops, which is about the history of the television show Cops, um, which was
1: really good, riveting. I, heard, I learned a lot from that. Yeah, yeah, It's really interesting. Like, I think
0: that's one of his real talents is just like presenting information in such a just an an I easy mean, way to when
1: you're looking at uh, I can't talk, statistics. Yeah, <laughs> and he's talking about that uh, that's in the cops you're just like, whoa, this is really interesting. Yeah. You can't help but she be riveted to the idea of like the numbers of things that wrongful convictions and like people, you know, the show itself, mm-hmm. the things that they did. Oh, my. I know. It's, it's like I, that show should have been pulled a long time ago. Yeah. Yeah. But it did not because it was huge ratings. It made a lot of money. Oh, wonderful. yeah.
0: It was like one of the longest running TV shows yeah. ever, right? Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, he's he's great. This this newest one or newer one that he did. I don't think it's brand new. Um I'm a little bit late to listening to it. It's called The Line and it is about the Navy SEALs. So it's basically about this one Navy SEAL in particular who went on trial uh for a war crime. It was in question as to whether or not he had killed a member of ISIS who had already been captured. Oh, okay. So that was that was the the okay. trial that he that okay, was
1: Okay, cuz I I recall Uh, a couple years ago, some different cases, Mm -hmm. but I don't, not this one, but it was,
0: it was, yeah, it was pretty recent. It was within the past five years or so. Um, The trial's already happened. It's already like concluded and everything, but this is Dan, he basically, he's interviewed like over 50 Navy SEALs for this podcast. Like he has, he's talking to so many of them. And like, I, I know what Navy SEALs are. I'm familiar with SEAL Team 6 and yes. getting bin Laden and all of, like... I feel like mm. that's probably where most American people are at with Navy yes. SEALs. And just, like, that's about my baseline of knowledge. Yes. It's like, I'm, I'm aware. I really didn't know anything about Navy SEALs until I started listening to this podcast. It is crazy listening to these guys oh, wow. talk. Really, really, really dark. Very oh. dark. But very interesting. I mean, I I really just... And, I mean, like I said, he's he's just interviewing Navy SEALs, and they all, like, there are ten SEAL teams, but there's no nine for some reason.
1: That was a nine, some kind of I don't know, voodoo number. I don't, I don't know. All of them <laughs> like have 13. motorcycles <laughs> for
0: some reason. Dan Taberski, at one point, he was just like, there needs to be some kind of study done about motorcycle crashes and Navy SEALs, because every single Navy SEAL that I have talked to has a motorcycle and has crashed it at some point. <laughs> like, he's just like, there are so many, like, they're all the same, and he was like... He was, talking, he was also talking to a gentleman who uh, did recruiting for them. Like, he was basically the guy who was trying to, like, he he does studies to figure out, like, similarities in Navy SEALs to find out, like, who they need to be talking to to find new Navy SEALs. Oh, wow. And, like, trying to find similarities. And it's, like, the vast majority of them come from homes that have divorced parents. The vast majority have very, like, low empathy. Like, and it's just, like, it's it was just, well, it's riveting.
1: It, I guess it makes sense, though, because... I mean, your job is to like take out things. Correct. Like,
0: like people. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. Um. So yeah, like I said, it's a it's dark. It's a dark listen. I would not recommend it uh, for the faint of heart. But it really is just like. I mean, Dan Dan is a great interviewer. He's a really great podcaster. So he he does a great job with the with the material. And he had lots of people who were willing to talk to him about it. So
1: if also you might check out Surviving Y Two K if anyone mm-hmm. remembers going through Y Two K. I think it's fascinating because I think of every podcast that I've listened uh, by him, his ability to get people to talk to him is pretty amazing because he interviews a lot, a lot of people in the Mm -hmm. Y2K one as well. And sometimes that doesn't happen. You have a story and they're like, well, I tried to interview the police. They didn't want to talk to me or, you know, whatever. Right. that doesn't really with
0: Dan. It seems like everybody's willing to talk to Dan Tiberinsky, yeah. Because,
1: but like, plus he's just a funny
0: guy too. He is, yeah. He he's really able. I mean, like I, I had, the reason it took me so long to listen to the lines, like I have no interest in listening to like, this. I don't want to listen to Navy Seals talk about war crimes like right. that does not sound like anything i'm interested in. and i finally was like okay. looking for a new podcast to listen to and i finally did it i'm just like of course it's just riveting because it's dan Tversky. it's right it's really really engaging so
1: well i have two that i want to mention mm-hmm. one one is just started which is kind of, will be i think it's gonna go dark I, don't know <laughs> I feel like that's just most podcasts uh, at this I mean, point the, the podcast <laughs> is called alligator candy mm-hmm. and it's it's by dan kushner who is a okay. jur- you know? Who, I I know that name. Yeah. Um. He's a writer. He's a journalist. He's written for Rolling Stone, New mm-hmm. Yorker, Vanity Fair. He's a well known and he's a very good writer. And it's about his brother who went missing, and I believe 1973 when he was four years old. Sorry, David was four years old. His brother was eleven mm-hmm. uh, when he went missing, and was later found murdered. And so it's, it's the process of the entire family dealing with what happened, him going missing, and just, he's, you know, he's a journalist, he's investigated all these different things in his life. And the one case that he has always wanted to know and try to figure out what the heck happened is the case of his brother. Mm -hmm. It's, it's a really good podcast. I'm on episode three of the podcast. And it's also based on his book called of uh, the same name, Alligator Candy. And it's a it's basically a memoir. But the library does own a copy of of the book. But the podcast, he he's is very good and he's a very good journalist. And so the way that he tells the story is very good. And he interviews, you know, his mother, his father, his his brother, and people who were invest involved in the investigation. And just his feeling of like, what happened? Why did this happen to my brother? Um, You know, this, this little kid, this great kid. It's a great podcast. Listening. Right. My second podcast is called Exit Strategy. I'm a weird nerd on cryptocurrency, which I don't even exchange cryptocurrency. I don't own any cryptocurrency. <laughs> But you're an expert on but it. But I think I, <laughs> I kind of know a lot about cryptocurrency because I listen to too many podcasts about cryptocurrency. I can't help myself. I find it fascinating. But this specific story is a mystery. So that's right up my alley and it just happens to be about cryptocurrency. The story is about this the guy who died in 2018 named Gerald Cotton, who basically ran the biggest Bitcoin exchange in Canada who dies unex- unexpectedly and the mystery ensues of how to get into because he did not give the passcodes or keychain codes have anywhere nobody knew them he basically ran the entire cryptocurrency exchange on a MacBook Pro and which seems crazy to me <laughs> and uh what and so it's it's just it's fascinating and the guy that does the podcast i I cannot think of his name right now i'm sorry i don't remember his name but he he like the other guy david kushner is a very good at being very storyteller in Mm -hmm. his way of explaining uh and cryptocurrency is very hard to understand and i think in this particular podcast there's not a whole explanation of what cryptocurrency is you kind of have to understand what cryptocurrency is to listen to the podcast or just disbelief it's like money is missing where did it go Mm -hmm. that's all you basically need to know it's money it's real money what where did it go right and so this is an active case right now i think they're still sort of investigating um because he died in 2018 so um definitely an interesting interesting podcast if you're interested in cryptocurrency (laughs) you might give it a shot or just interested in mysteries this for sure is a mystery yeah. because he was sort of a, I mean, he was a well-known person. Mm-hmm. He was worth a lot of money and was dealing with a lot of people's money. You can't be the biggest exchange of cryptocurrency in Canada and not like people should be looking into that. right? You know? So, yeah, so it's, it's, it's really fascinating. So I can't wait to see how this is going to end. I'm super stoked about <laughs> what's going to happen. I mean, he might not even be dead. Yeah, yeah.
0: I feel like I have, like, the amount of interest that you have in Bitcoin or just cryptocurrency in general is, like, the opposite of me. Like, I yeah. have absolutely no interest. But, like, that sounds very interesting to me, yeah. regardless of the fact that it's about cryptocurrency.
1: There's there's some really great yeah. uh, other podcasts about, and mostly, you have to understand, most Bitcoin, not all of them, uh, podcasts, Generally, about somebody who scams somebody from. I mean, it's it equals like I think for a lot of people, myself included, that it feels like this is just a big scam.
0: I feel like it's it's just really rife for that because you can't see it. It's yeah, something intangible, it. yeah. so it's so easy for people to be like to to trick people to scam people because it's it's so intangible by its nature. So, yeah.
1: but it's but you also think about this when you look at your bank account. If you if you look at your bank account online, you don't you see the amount of money you have in your bank. That doesn't mean the bank has it. Right. That number is just the number they put that you've been, you know they've added subtracted put in there. So if you went to the bank and said I want to see my money, they're probably not going to see your money. <laughs> probably probably not. Yeah. So a in a way, cryptocurrencies is, is kind of similar in that. Yeah. And so that's that's the reason why I look at cryptocurrency as being something that I think that um, I'm I'm surprised that there's not more a push to look at cryptocurrency in a different light as, as something more like more tangible and that we might be doing it in the future. Yeah. So I do think most people who uh, exchange uh, Bitcoin or Ethereum or whatever but, you know, cryptocurrency there is that's out there right now. You know, basically it's an investment. I think people look at this like, eventually this is going to happen and I'm going to be a b- trillionaire because I got all the cryptocurrency you are going to be starting off at the you know, bottom. So that's kind of what people use it for almost. It's like an investment. Yeah. People still like buy things. With, you can buy things with cryptocurrency. Mm-hmm. So I mean, you know, so, yeah, I think it's fascinating. I could go on and on, <laughs> but I will not. I will not. But yeah,
0: so check out those podcasts. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, not not necessarily our lightest podcast fair, but very interesting ones for sure. I feel yeah. like I've read so many light books lately that I was I have, had to get my my weird dark stories from somewhere. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. Turned to Dan Tversky, and he helped me out.
1: Yeah, definitely check out Dan Tversky. Yeah, oh he's my gosh. great. He is fantastic. Yeah,
0: you don't have to listen to the line. <laughs> Maybe yeah. try out the Y2K one or, or Missing Richard Simmons first. If you want something a little lighter.
1: When I first listened to the Missing Richard Simmons, I really was taken aback about because I literally thought, oh yeah, what happened here? Yeah. Like I literally like had, like you know, you it stopped and thought. This was a person that was like always on television. Yeah. Always like you heard about him. Even if you didn't know a whole lot be you, like, oh, yeah, that crazy guy. It's chick. just like
0: Dan Taberski's Wheelhouse, I feel like, where he's like, hey, remember Cops? Hey, remember Richard Simmons? Let me just, like, tell you about this. Hey, and, like, remember Y2K? You actually have no idea. <laughs> there's, yeah. there's this whole other thing that I'm going to tell you about now.
1: But, you know, you know that part. Let me tell you the real story. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Behind. It's great.
1: Uh, yeah. So, and there's, there's just, he's just an interesting guy. <laughs>
0: He is. He's 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 a great storyteller, which is like half the battle when you're doing podcasting. Yeah, That's I, why we love Phoebe Judge so much. Oh so my gosh, I love her. I
1: love I can talk about her too.
0: Phoebe I Judge is Criminal. delightful. Criminal's great. Have oh, you listened friend. to Phoebe Reads a Mystery? Yes. Delightful. If you got if you like Criminal, Phoebe Judge I mean she has other pod, she has also has a podcast called This Is Love. But she has started a new podcast during the pandemic called Phoebe Reads a Mystery. And yeah, she
1: read the very first was the Agatha Christie. She, she read an
0: Agatha Christie novel yeah. and she's she's just like branched out and started reading other stuff. I believe she read Sense and Sensibility. She, she, oh, okay. Yeah, she's read like three or four novels on it at this point. So if you just want to listen to Phoebe Judge read you a story, highly recommend Phoebe Phoebe Reads the Mystery. Is, it's delightful. Her
1: voice is really good. She
0: like has, yeah, she has one of one of the like top five best podcast voices she knows, out there she knows, as far she, as I'm concerned. I'm going
1: to say this, but I, I also listen to Talking Sopranos. Mm-hmm. Because I, I love this. I love Sopranos. I've watched it like a, dr- <laughs> a trillion times. I don't even want to say because I was totally in love with James Gandolfini. Um,
0: <laughs> That's not what I thought you were gonna say. <laughs> I did. I absolutely adore him. Oh. Um,
1: but they ended. It's great because it's two of the cast uh, cast uh, Michael and Porley and um, Steve Sharipa uh, do the podcast, and they they went back and watched every episode. And they discuss it, and they okay. talk about it, and they interview people who were on the show, people who were, wrote the show, people who were a group on the show. I mean, if they had anything to do with the show, they 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 interview them. And they recently had Alec Baldwin uh, on the show because he's a super fan.
0: Oh, so <laughs>
1: interesting. They, felt, they only let the only two super fans, which was one was Pete Davidson and. <laughs> <laughs> which I think is interesting, because he had a Bada Bean, like, um, tattoo. <laughs> but, uh, okay. Yeah. right? So, which feels fitting to me. Sure, that makes sense. Um, but I was... So, Alec Baldwin has a, a podcast, which I've not listened to, and I don't know the name of. But I was listening to it, and I'm like, goodness, Alec Baldwin has a really good voice for podcasts. He does. His voice is amazing. I...
0: One of my favorite jokes from 30 Rock is whenever Will Arnett guests are on 30 Rock, Every Soft and Two, and Liz Lemon, Tina Fey's character, at one point, she's like, what, are you two going to have a talking like this contest? (laughs) Will Arnett and Alec Baldwin both have such deep voices. They do. That's a great joke. I make that joke a lot for some reason. I don't know why that line has stuck with me all these years. it's very funny, yeah. (laughs)
1: That and, like, I'm having my night cheese. Yeah. You know.
0: I also frequently say black light attack. I really sometimes so Thirty Rock is just like it just like lives right in my brain.
1: What is the the line um, <clears throat> something about a party? But a Liz Lemon party, like it
0: ain't, a it Liz ain't Lemon a- party is mandatory.
1: Yeah, mandatory. <laughs> I love that line.
0: Oh man, I'm glad that we ended on a more lighthearted note. Yes, so awesome. Anyway, go go watch uh, Thirty yes. Rock. Watch Thirty Rock. Watch
1: th- rewatch The Sopranos. Although James kind just like. That.
0: <laughs> all you right well to <laughs> i
1: think i think we're gonna
0: end it there <laughs> i'm gonna end it End it on this note Shop, out. um yeah exactly uh thank you guys so much for for thank joining you. us again hopefully we will be back sooner rather than later yeah. with some more uh of what we've been reading to reading listening
1: yeah. watching, all
0: that good stuff yeah so I hope you guys
1: have a good summer yeah thank all you right. guys so much bye, bye.